and welcome back to another edition of Podcast Quincy City View with Mayor Tom Koch. Mayor? Mark, we're back at it. We are back at it. Wow, you're really loud. Let me just uh, bring that down a little. Sorry. <laughs> How are your ears? <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry, huh? What? Huh? All right, I'm Mark Carey, the Mayor's Media Director for a while anyway, and uh, <laughs> with with his honor... In the mayor's office, Mayor Tom Koch for Podcast Quincy. It's nice to be back again doing this a little bit more. We're back in the swing, I think, a little bit. We just did one a couple of weeks ago. Back in the swing. I think that I think people are feeling much better out there. Uh, the weather's getting better. It's been a long year. And certainly the winter wasn't too bad, but a typical winter that, you know, you shut inside. So I think with the good weather, uh, I've certainly seen increase of activity out, people walking, certainly an increase in the traffic. I think people have had it. Speaking of which, we don't want to spend too much time talking about COVID because there's a lot of other things to talk about. Thank goodness, right? Amen. We did want to just touch base on the vaccines and, and what's been happening and how you know how far we've come. And we'll yeah, just I mean, give a we, quick update on that. For, for, from day one, we partnered with Manit Community Health Center. They have two cent, uh, health centers in Quincy. they got one in Taunton, one in Hull. Great organization. Right out of the box, we partnered with them on testing. We provided logistics and tents and things. And, of course, we rolled into 180 Old Colony Ave, which is a city-owned building that's going to be turned into a, a learning center for our, some of our special need population. So that was available. We we got that place in shape for not only for testing but for vaccinations. So when we started getting vaccination numbers from the state, we gave them to Manit. We worked together, and uh, we're well over 10,000 vaccinated just through the Manit process, and not even counting the pharmacies and other entities that are providing it. So hey, we're in a pretty good place, I think, you know, come a long way. That's amazing. That really is. I mean, it's it's great to see. It's sort of a jovial atmosphere down there, too. Everyone's really excited to finally get their vaccination. It's interesting, Mark. You know, in this business, you, we only hear from people usually unhappy about something. It's just yeah. the nature of the business we're in. But yeah. we got a ton of notes from seen, particularly seniors and how well it was run, how proficient, how nice people were, how well they were treated. Mm. Uh, very organized. So it's worked very, very well. And, and I know there's some people that have been anxious, um, waiting to get the shot. And uh, I always remind people there's still over 100 countries that don't have one shot yet. It's amazing. So we've, uh, you know, we're doing okay. Yeah. So let's move from COVID finally. Please. Great. And <laughs> let's go on to, uh, let's talk a little bit about the state of the city finances, just sort of a general overall view. We're preparing a lot of things now for the future. And, and why don't you just sort of let me uh, let me say this. I know uh, some folks out there may know that the government American Recovery Plan you know, recently announced a major $1.9 trillion across the country. And Congressman Lynch came to Quincy uh, a couple of weeks ago and announced that Quincy would be receiving more than $46 million through that effort. So um, that sounds like a lot of money, and it is. And I'm grateful. Uh, I don't know how we're going to pay for all these things in the end, but I'm certainly grateful to Congressman Lynch working hard for it. And so, for example, this year, Mark, we're off by about $21 million in revenue. So in, in order to get the city stabilized, half of that money will go directly into, we tapped reserved, we tapped OPEB fund, our hotel tax is off, our building permits is off, excise tax was off, meals tax was off. So, yes, yeah. you know, so this can be used to help shore up those revenue shortfalls. So right out of the box, almost half will go into stabilizing our revenues, which is huge. 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 Yeah, it's amazing. It puts us in a, in a better place as we go into budget time. Because Not all I, cities and towns so, are like that either, right? I mean, this is, we're, we're in a sort of a unique place. No, we are. I mean, I mean, you know, everyone is, every city and town is different. They operate differently, different management, um, you know. And, and I, I was watching Branchery recently. They're, 
they're talking about a major shortfall over $7 million in school budget for July 1. So, you know, everyone's got challenges and trying to get through those challenges. And, and I don't say that to pick on Braintree at all. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Different form of government, um, but, too. Different. Yeah. Well, it's a smaller town, and, and um, it's, they have a city form of government, but it's, they still call themselves the town of Braintree. But, uh, yeah, everyone's different. Randolph, uh, Chelsea, and Everett, I just saw, they got a a bump in some money because that first tranche wasn't nearly enough. And I'm not really sure how they come up with the calculations. I know population is part of it, demographics and how the breakdown is, uh, what our CDBG allotment is, those kinds of things. But suffice to say, this is this is a, a good uh, chunk of money that's going to help us stabilize things. It's interesting because it, it can also be used for water and sewer projects, for example. I don't know where they decide to come up with uh, the specific projects. I've often said um, you know, publicly as well that, you know, leave it up to the city and town to decide. You know, some communities may be in good shape, water and sewer, but maybe their buildings are falling apart. You know, as long as it's for some, you know, worthy infrastructure and not used to, down, you know, bring down taxes or, or, or you know, ways that uh, wouldn't really help the economy or help the city or town, but let the city or town decide what, what they use it for. You know, I mean, we're yeah. looking at... We're waiting to hear on a new Squantum school. We've got firehouses that need work. We're about to build a new police station. I mean, uh, we've got uh, infrastructure of all types, you know, horizontal and vertical that we're, that's going on. And, you know, leave it up to the city of town. But I, I don't want to be uh, sound like I'm an ingrate with the feds, and certainly the congressman worked hard on this, so we're grateful for that. So we may be doing more water mains as part of this as well. And maybe some of the emergency sewer repairs that need to be done across the city, this will help us with. That's fantastic. That's a great uh, great sum of money. Let me just uh, turn quickly to uh, the, you just mentioned the public safety headquarters. And there's a big vote on that coming up soon. So I want to just kind of talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's been before the city council for some time. And this is a project that we phased in. Uh, we were first went to the council with the concept, I guess, about a year ago, maybe more than a year ago. And it was um, part of a major project to replace the police station. And in that station, put emergency management in there, as well as the fire administration part, the fire chief and his admin side of things. So... You know, looking at the site, we, we decided to, if we're going to do it right, let's do it right. So we, we took the gas station on the corner, the Stop and Shop gas station, the Bryan Post. We need to move the dog shelter, and we need to move the Father Bill shelter as well. Now, we bought a site across the street on Broad Street to move Father Bill shelter into. That'll be a subject for talk another time. But they're looking at a new concept uh, on uh, on a homeless shelter. And instead of putting these people out in the street first thing in the morning, they would stay in the facility they would have day programs for them. They would have, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, access to the internet and and help get help with resumes. You know, all the good stuff. Um, so we're we're working with them on that. So this is a big project. We'll be restructuring Broad Street completely. We'll be reconstructing the Southern Artery and the portion of uh, C Street that abuts uh, the C um, the station as well. And you know, a new traffic signal out in front for people to get in and out of across from the cemetery entrance. Um, it's going to be a uh, an expensive building, but it's going to be built for a hundred years. Uh, you know, I, I know some people have been uh, critical of of the cost of some of the stuff we've done, but you know, I look at the addition of the police station they did like thirty years ago, and it was an absolute disaster <laughs> from the start. It was failing from the start, and they spent yep. you know ten million at the time when you probably could have built a brand new one in the back there for twenty million. And whatever reason they didn't do that, so you know, I know one of the city councils is questioning. You know, do we need a slate and copper roof? No, we don't. But it's the right way to do it. They last a longer, longer. If you put an asphalt shingle roof on that, you're replacing it in 20 years. Does that make sense? So if you're going to build it, build it well, 
build it strong, build it uh, so that it has all the bells and whistles needed to meet the changing times, both from the environmental standpoint, but also the technology standpoint. It's going to have solar panels on the on the deck and the garage portion. It's going to have plug-in stations for, for vehicles. I mean, it's... Uh, and it's going to be a handsome building. It's going to be brick and, and granite and uh, copper and slate, and it will be there for a long, long time, and it will look like a, an old Quincy building. That's nice. And uh, across the Mount Wallace, some beautiful historic Mount Wallace and Cemetery. So I think it's going to be an asset, but more importantly, it's not only going to serve our uh, men and women who serve you know, well in the new station with all the technology, but the public coming in. If you come into that old police station now, it's an absolute disaster and disgrace that lobby and, and there's no privacy for people when they're doing their the business. The walls are falling apart. The oh, it's, walls it's, are literally uh, falling it's apart. Mess. It's a mess. So it's time it needs to be done. And I think this is going to put our departments in a great place going forward. And uh, the technology upgrades for 911 and all of that will be part of it. So it's, it's good stuff. So the city council next week will be meeting on that. It has had some committee meetings already. I hope they can uh, bring it to conclusion and we'll keep it moving. Oh, that's exciting. That's a great project. You know, we've got, speaking of projects and, and looking toward the future for the city, uh, we did a video not that long ago where you sort of talked and, and sort of really talked about what the new Quincy College concept would be. Mm-hmm. Want to talk a little bit about that because our podcast audience hasn't necessarily heard that. Sure, sure. So uh, next to City Hall, uh, across the, the lawn area of the new Hancock Adams Common is the two-story Monroe Building. And we've identified that as the site we want to purchase, and that's what's before the city council, for a future building that would house Quincy College and a portion of City Hall. Now, Quincy College is almost 65 years old, and it's had a long, uh, good history in our city, and it has had its ups and downs financially. And, of course, with the pandemic and, and the nursing program challenges a couple of years ago, you know, it did have some challenges. And, uh, but we've seen it now stabilized. The hemorrhaging has stopped, and, and uh, we see a good future for Quincy College. And the only way it will succeed long term, really, to cement its future is if we have a home for the college. Right now they're in President's Place, which is a office setup. It's not really – was never designed to be educational space. So it's an office building. It's, it's, in, it's a nice building. Don't get me wrong. Before that, they were at the Kemper Insurance Building in North Quincy. Before that, they were on Temple Street and the Coddington Building. So they've been kind of uh, nomads a bit, uh, wandering around. And, uh, you know, if the owner of this building said in two years when the lease is up, hey, um, you know, we're not going to renew, you know, 100,000 square feet, where does Quincy College go? The other thing that's very beneficial is in two years, say the guy says, well, we're going up, you know, $5 a square foot uh, for the next lease. That can be devastating on the budget side. So... You know, from our perspective, we've... Which will probably happen. I mean, that's what it, that's what they do in those buildings. That's exactly what yeah. it, That's depending on the market at right. the time. But sure. No, th- it doesn't go down. The cost of it goes down. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the rent's going to go up. There's no question about that. So what this does is now allow us to build a building to put the college operation in. The college then pays the city that rent, and the rent doesn't go into uh, a general fund. The rent goes to pay for the debt on the new building. So think about that. So essentially, we take a mortgage on the new building. The vast majority of that mortgage to be paid would be paid for by the rent we're collecting from the college. So it's a win-win. Now, the beauty for the college is that rent doesn't go up because the, 
the debt service actually goes down over time. Right. We'll obviously work out an arrangement on who maintaining and the lights and, and you know, heat and all that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it's a good deal for both the city and for the college. And by the way, the mission of the college over the years, um, you know, for many folks, uh, people got a degree part-time there. They went at nights. They went weekends when they could take classes of working class people. You got a younger student population today. They're from countries from all over the world. Um, I think it's about 47% people of color in that college. Uh, this is a sweet spot that we think we're servicing a, uh, a population that may not otherwise go on, may not get the education they needed. And uh, so I think it has a really unique mission in these days of uh, all this discussion about social justice and what we ought to be doing. I think this is a perfect example of putting the city where their mouth is, and that is to continue this college going forward because of the unique population that it serves. fits right into some of those categories. So I think it's a great, great deal in that regard. It also has some economic value. We, Dr. Goodman out of UMass Dartmouth, Dartmouth did a great study on it, and uh, it, it means about $50 million a year to the economy here in Quincy. So for all the right reasons, we think it's the right thing to do. And I mentioned the city hall, the glass building that we're sitting in right now, looking yeah. out the window out to the Hancock Adams Common, is a 70s building that uh, needs a uh, fire suppression, uh, needs a new roof, needs a new mechanical, needs a new elevator. The window systems are failing. So as part of the study we looked at, it probably makes sense to put move the operation of the glass building into this new building, the first few stores, uh, stories rather, of the building. Uh, and then we get rid of the glass building, part, part of it goes towards the park, another park goes into what could be a development over the track. So I think this wins all around. Uh, it sets us in a good course. And again, it would be a building there for 50 to 100 years. And the campus is already built in. Exactly. The beautiful <laughs> new Hank I Cottom's Common. The other beauty is you come out of Quincy Center, you'll be looking at the entrance to Quincy College. Yeah. We have a lot of kids that take the train, that take public transportation to get to the college. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful location for it. Beautiful location. Uh, another thing we t- we did a quick little video on not that long ago is uh, the pension bond, and just want to discuss how that's going to work. Sure. Well, people may not realize, um, but you know, the budget this year, the city budget, has thirty two million dollars in it towards the retirement board to pay a portion of the pension for our employees. The schedule that goes through two thousand thirty seven shows that number going up pretty drastically each and every year. For example, July one, the bill for the retirement board will go up by four million dollars. That's a lot of money. And uh, so, you know, several months ago, I brought uh, Eric Mason and the team in, uh, and I said, look, I'd like to look at, you know, because of the historic low interest rates, what about we, we bond our outstanding debt, we paying, you know, high twos, maybe 3%, and your returns, your expectation returns is 6 to 7%. It seems to me like a yeah. might be a good deal. And what it does for us on the budget side is actually lowers our payment every year by what would be, for example, the, some of the uh, first iterations that we've run, the models, the first year uh, we could save around $20, 22000000 million. Amazing. And then year in, year out after that, you're saving what you would have been paying by about 10 or $12 million. So we're on the hook for this anyway. And by the way, the public employees in Quincy pay 11% out of their salary towards their pension. So this, this isn't a freebie. You know, I know that um, a few years back when California, Wisconsin got in trouble with the public pension plans, those employees weren't paying anything towards it. Mm-hmm. Our employees do pay right. a significant portion right off the top of their check into the pension plan. So I think that's important to emphasize. Now, our, our retirement system, which is separate from local government, 
Uh, I appoint a member. The members elect two members. The city auditor serves on it. And if you look historically, our retirement board has not done very well on the investment side for whatever reason in their portfolio. So we've also suggested adding two uh, people with financial background to be on the board to help with the investment side to make sure that this money that we're going to um, pump into it, you know, is gets good returns on it. So, yes, something else before the city council. It's a lot of money, about $450 million we'll be asking for. But, again, we're going to be saving money each year. And we'll, we'll bond it for about 30 years, which is longer than the schedule in 2037. But I would argue that if we don't do this, we're not going to be able to afford to do it. Right. Which which they'll do is end up changing the schedule. They'll probably push it out for another 10 years yeah. and just spread it out. So what we're doing is, uh, I think, is responsibly... Uh, the fiscal responsible thing to do, it shows up the system. We save money on the city side. It is a win-win. And it's all because of the historic low interest rates. I mean, how many people out there listening have remortgaged their house, right? Because <laughs> right. of the rates. Right, of course. I mean, they're saving X amount of money every month because right. it's a lower rate. It's the same idea. That pretty much wraps us up. I just want to just, I know that uh, Easter is an important time for you and me both. Uh, and I not, that it, not that everyone celebrates it on uh as far as our listeners go. Well, this that. past weekend, I know uh, our Jewish friends uh, celebrated Passover. Yep. This week uh, for Roman Catholics, I'm not sure when the Greek Orthodox, they not usually on the same date, uh, but the Roman Catholic uh, Church, we celebrate Holy Week. It's the most, it's the holiest and most solemn time of the year for our church calendar, I know, uh, with Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil called the Holy Triduum. So for those folks that celebrate Easter, I certainly want to wish you a a wonderful, happy, and uh, holy Easter season. I know in a couple of weeks, uh, our Muslim friends will be celebrating Ramadan, which is another very big holy day for, for that faith. Uh, so it's important we uh, remember that, recognize uh, we're all brothers and sisters in the same humanity, and uh, we certainly want to wish everybody well with their respective holy days and holidays coming up. Well, it's a great message to end on, Mayor, and thank you very much for uh, having me in your office once again to do this podcast. Well, hopefully it'll happen a little more frequently now that we get uh, into the springtime. That's right. Looking over, looking the Hancock Adams Common as it is. Folks, make sure you come out here and visit your, your Common. Mayor, it's good talking to you. Thanks, Mark.